Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of Freebird. I'm so excited to have who we have on today. But to begin with, I want to share with you that in one of my favorite movies, Into the Wild, the protagonist describes the joy of living as that of witnessing a constantly changing horizon. My guest today is no exception to this spirit. Talal Al-Rashid is a Kuwaiti national, but identifies himself as a global citizen. He's had a very interesting career path, uh, moving from accounting to investment banking, to real estate, to hospitality. He studied in some of the uh, world's top schools like Lyon. He's worked in the hospitality sector in Saudi Arabia, Turkey, UAE, and Switzerland. He speaks six languages. Yeah, I, I don't have any any of a, like, envy there. I just speak the one. But he speaks six languages and mainly the language of good food and great travel. He has been featured as some of the best dressed, as one of the best dressed men by Esquire. He's been featured on Condé Nast Traveler. He is one of the region's most prolific travel and food writers, bloggers, Instagram influencer with the following, uh, with the following, yeah, of uh, a very small number, 71,000 people. And it is so much my pleasure today to welcome Talal. Talal, welcome to Freebird. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to start my morning with this uh, interview. I was so happy when you said, I'm a morning person. Do you want the interview to be in the morning? I actually yes, but I'm sorry I woke up late. Because, <laughs> you know, the, the, our routine has been completely messed up with this lockdown and curfew. And sometimes, sometimes, although I try not to allow it, we feel a bit uh, frustrated. And I'm like, I'm going to stay up and watch TV because I want to feel like, you know, you want to feel like you're a teenager, you know, if the world is treating me like that now with this uh, Corona thing and curfew and lockdown, we can't travel. I'm going to also spoil myself and do things that I so you're was, rebelling. Uh, yes, rebelling. I was doing when I was, the virus. <laughs> I woke up late. I'm sorry. I want to apologize to you. Hey, listen. But I'm in I'm and I'm just glad to see you looking like sunshine today. Thank you. Yes, I put on something yellow because uh, I believe yellow is one of my favorite colors. It's not my favorite, but it's one of my top three. And yellow is the color of the sun. I, I adore the sun. And, uh, yeah, it's a, an energy color, a friendly yeah. one. It wakes you up and I need to wake up. <laughs> so listen. I just shared with everybody that you are a Kuwaiti national. And as far as the Middle East upbringing, which I'm sure is not very different from their Indian upbringing goes and the culture goes. Especially Khalij, this side, the Gulf. Yeah, uh -huh. Our cuisine is influenced by India and a lot of the hash. Yeah, we even have some words from India. Yeah, people know the history. A lot of people know. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. so given all of that, right, uh, I'm sure that you were expected to follow a very i don't know traditional professional path and then you go about trying different things but choosing this path so can you tell us something about that about that experience i always think 
how I've become this person or how I've done those things. Because many people ask me. And also I ask myself sometimes because along the way, when you change your mind about something you've studied or a job you've chosen to do, you ask yourself, why are you doing this? Stick to it. Why are you changing? And I realized that because my, I have to give a credit to my parents. And I'm not being idealist. I'm not being nice. And it's true. Our parents are the first reason or usually for anything we do or any person we become. You know, they have great influence. They make us. They bring us into life and they influence us. We try our best to get out of that influence or make the best out of it. Or And, and I have to say, uh, the fact that my, especially my father, has always accepted us and me uh, no matter what happened like mm -hmm. he wouldn't reject us when we for example get bad grades in school or okay. he'd be happy if we do well but he never gave me or gave us ultimum if you don't do this i'm gonna not like you or not he didn't do that it's very important yeah. we underestimate that but it's very important to have one of your parents or both your parents to give you the impression at least yeah. that you are accepted and loved no matter what. And if you're going to do well in life, it's for you. We will always love you and support you. That gives you the courage. That gives you the courage of choosing and changing and throwing whatever you first made, whatever first choice you've made yeah. without fearing that you will be discarded or, or rejected or hated. So. One thing, and another thing that my father did, whatever I wanted when I was a child, when it came to education, when it came to developing myself, like magazines, um, gadgets, anything that has to do with, he had a good sense of what is good for me and what's bad, you know? And he wouldn't refuse. Like if I would buy something that, he would not like it, for example. Yeah. Now that you brought, uh, you brought up India, I used to read uh, a lot of Bollywood magazines because there was time in my life where I used to watch Bollywood, okay? My father didn't like those magazines because of how the woman used to dress, you know? You know that? <laughs> yes, of course. In Bollywood with their bellies out and they're, and they're beautiful. And he used to, when I used to go and buy them, he's like, what the hell? Why? Why are you buying these magazines? But I used to read them all. I used my English is this good because of Bollywood magazine. Oh my Not God, it's like the best promotion ever for a Bollywood magazine. They probably oh, knew good. they had such a big market in Kuwait. Yes, you remember, you used to live in Kuwait, you told me. And, 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 and you know, uh, in India, the, the, the English is influenced by England. So you have a very good English, you know, in India. It's not like, and, and I think my English is good. I mean, I'm, is because of those magazines. Because through things that you like, you learn. You know, it has to be through something that you love. And my father never refused, never told me, no, look what she's, you're not going to buy those magazines. It matters. It matters. And that, and my English helped me, helped me be very um, spoiled. I can do what, whatever job I want uh, because not everybody speak very good English in Kuwait, mm -hmm. especially I'm, I'm 37 now. Yeah. And, and, and my, my love for, for, for languages and the fact that I spoke English very early, um, I, that made me jump on the rest of the languages you mentioned. 
Spanish, Italian, and and that as well gave me a, a bigger choice. You know, wherever I applied, whatever job I wanted to do, they used to see this these languages and they say, okay, if this guy can teach himself these these many languages, he can learn anything. So I didn't do anything. Yeah. So yeah, you need to you you need to make sure that you have enough education. And I'm not talking about top school. I'm talking skills that are necessary for you to be able to change jobs or change countries. Or you can't do this if you're someone limited with your skills. So you have to build that base. So I want to go back. I want to give the credit to my father and my my parents for for allowing me to be for for not you know depriving me from whatever I thought is fun for me. And as someone young, uh, a child or a teenage, has to do th things that they love, you know. Then they become that free-spirited or free-bearded. Otherwise, it's hard, yeah. you know. If you know, they I, are, I heard, I've read this, uh, I heard this podcast of Eckhart Tolle. I I don't know if you're big time into spiritual books, but anyway, he's, he's he had this podcast this week, and he said right. something that made me think of you. He said that you know all of life is meant to be and he was talking about the covid crisis and everything and see he says all of life is meant to be an adventure and not a package tour and i think it's so remarkable that you know you've been able to use those little things to kind yes. of build this adventure of a life that you have so you know tell us about how you moved along this and what did you learn in in you know this adventure clearly now I'll I'll go back I'll 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 make a comment on what exactly you said. Yeah. This the second thing. After my father, you know who influenced me? The expats that used to live in Kuwait. Mm -hmm. When I was in high school and university, I used to see the expats living here and I'm like, these people are here because they back home it's less easy for them to find jobs or they come from countries where there are wars or there are civil wars or there are and i used to admire that i used to think they left their families they left their countries their their habitat their natural habitat you know and uh, to come and live in this hot country 50 degrees in the summer okay. yeah and i used to ask myself why do i have to wait until my country has a problem for me to go and choose to work abroad and to discover something else or to experience myself somewhere else in a different environment outside of my comfort zone without my government support without my family support mm -hmm. i had this awareness that unless you get out unless you leave your comfort zone you will not reach your full potentials you will not even know yourself well enough you will not even and this is such a pity you know to live this life without knowing how stupid you are or smart that was my friend's argument with me is like yeah you're from kuwait you should stay in kuwait and work in kuwait it's a rich country you know yeah. and um, this is exactly why i shouldn't it's the other way around through a lot of people because of that reason having a country that would support you good yeah. salary you can live with your parents. Well, I mean, by culture, we have to stay with our parents until we're right. married. So you have to pay for rent. There is a car. Because of those reasons, they stay in Kuwait. They say, no, I'm not crazy. For me, it's the other way around. Because of that reason, I want to make sure I leave. Because first of all, it's too comfortable. So I'm not going to reach a point where I'm going to yeah. experience my best, my, 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 
to get the best of my skills out, you know. That's one thing. Plus, why am I afraid? Somebody from countries, from a country that is, with, the, with an economy that is not very stable, yeah. that is not very fair, they should worry. I don't blame them. When they stick to one place, build a career, make sure they have enough money, I don't blame them because it's, it is not stable. They come from a place where they will not. So I, I don't judge them when they are yeah. less adventurous. I, and and yeah. in the past 20 years, again, people were talking about working for the private sector, open your own uh, business, go there. Go. All that made me take such decisions. You know, I was not uh, res resistant to all these uh, uh, ideas. Yeah. Change, go, leave, experience. Traveling was going, becoming very easy and very cheap until the coronavirus happened a few months ago. I so know. why not? Why not? Yeah. Good to do because look at where we are right now, right? We are literally in lockdown. But yes. listen, I, I know this that you know, all of us we have this romantic idea of what it means to be free, right? All of us have gone through it. I mean, I had like a traditional career for a very, very long time. So I know how this feels that you want that sense of security. But I also know that when you do decide to become a free bird. Yeah, it's like you, <laughs> it is challenging. There are clear moments that make you feel like, oh my God, I wish I did something different. Or So can you speak to some of the challenges you faced during those early years when you were finding your path? Yes, the challenges is you have to sacrifice. You have to understand that you can't have everything. And I... I know how to answer this quickly because I have so many people, especially because of social media, approaching me and asking me, oh, how can we become like you? And I'm like, what do you mean like me? What do you mean? I was like, we want to travel. We want, you know, some people look at it in a very superficial way. I want to travel, eat out, go to hotels like you. And some people know, they, bang, they, they really nail it. They say, we want to be like you in a way, in, uh, 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 yeah, that you love what you do and you're doing it, you know? Absolutely. And, and what did you study to become this? And where, where did you, I'm like, it's not something you study. It's, I'm just like you guys. My parents expected me to become a doctor. And then when I went into high school, I realized I will not get enough GBD to, GBD, you know, GBA to yeah. get, uh, get into a, a medical school. And then I wanted to study English literature so that I become a university professor with high salary. But on the side, I write my, because I like writing, but then that didn't happen. You know, life doesn't support you. You have to quickly change your mind. You have to be, you know what, this didn't work. I'm going to do that. It's fine. And then when I graduate, then I'll go, I'll see what I can do. You know, people can be very fixated on what they want or what they think is right for them or what they, what their parents think is right for them or their friends. There is a lot of peer pressure. There is a lot. Anyway, so I tell them there is nothing particular you have to study to do what you want, but you have to know that you will not get everything if you want to live my lifestyle you, you shouldn't think of getting married and having kids if you want to uh, have your own business you can't think i want to have my business and make it work but also stick to a government job because i want this uh, monthly salary you have to make choices and you have to know that you can't get everything but a lot of people in this region 
they, okay, I want to get married and have kids because I want to please my family and please myself and look like I'm become a man and have a child to tell him where to go and what to do and have a wife to feel like, you know, and same thing for wives and, and ladies. But also I want to have a, a monthly job because I can't have a lifestyle that is less than the rest because I want to have a car yeah. uh, installment and I want to have those uh, uh, gadgets, the TV and all this. But also I want to have my own business because I want to sit and say, I have my own cafe and I'm running it uh, beside that job, you know, with monthly income and beside the family. But also I want to travel like you and go stay in different hotels and restaurants and I want to be influencer so that I don't have to pay for it and get paid for it. You can't. <laughs> no, yeah. okay. and you know I think they want all that what you're saying is so important and I really want this message to go out there and I think it's so brilliant because we are from a generation that were kind of told that you can have it all but we were not given the boundaries of what it means to have the things that are actually important so we are kind of confused you know I find that in a lot of us Yes, hard. But for me, I quickly realized that, no, you have to sacrifice. You have to know what you want. And if you don't know what you want early in life, at least know what you don't want and eliminate it until you find out what you want. You can't maybe find out what you want from the beginning. Yeah. But from the beginning or from very early uh, stage in your life, you can at least have a sense of what you don't want. Did you know that you wanted to do food and travel the way you are today? No. No, because I come from a country that is not touristic, that is not uh, known for tourism, that is not known for agriculture and fine dining restaurant. restaurants. Restaurants, yes, but not gastronomy. There is a difference uh -huh. between right. restaurants and culinary and gastronomy. Mm -hmm. The scene in Kuwait is restaurants. You just go out and eat because there aren't much activities to do. And this is the only way for people to socialize, you know, right. one of the like, not because this country has great farms with great produce and those produce has to be channeled through markets as well as restaurants and chefs that will try different, you know, cooking styles. And then there are tourists and people coming here to try them. And there is this dining scene I, Kuwait to me is eating scene. It's not dining scene. There is a difference. It's not fine dining for sure. It's more like... It, it's, it doesn't have to be fine dining. Even dining. I feel to me here it's more eating. They just go out and eat. But dining is an experience. You sit and you spend two hours. It doesn't have to be fine dining. You chat. You, you really enjoy one course after the other. Here people eat because everyone else is eating. People are out because everyone else is out. People are going to that restaurant because those social media influencers are there and then everybody's there. And then I want to be seen and see. It's, they don't know. A lot of them don't even know what they're eating. Anyway, but when I traveled, and this is also the, the advantage of traveling, when I lived in Canada where there are so many nationalities, and cultures and they all opened their restaurants so in canada you'd find vietnamese and ethiopian and sri lankan and on the same and, street maybe yeah in the same street korean barbecue and then you've got italian restaurants and then you've got jamaican and you've got every single nationality you know it's like america but a little bit less it's america to be i think canada in the future will be like and Toronto, where I used to live, is a small apple while <laughs> New York is a big apple. So I was influenced by that diversity and. I realized that, ah, oh, I really love food and 
I care about knowing how this dish is being prepared and where it came from and all this. And then the culture of service also, because I used to make a lot of comments on how they serve this and do that. And this also from my home, because my mom is a very good host. And, oh, wow. and, and then this is when I re realized I want to change my career. Yeah. So going back to the challenges, I'm sorry, we've been, you know, that's the... This is the whole purpose of the show. Don't worry about it. Tell me about the, it. That's the plus of doing morning uh, interviews. You're at your, your energy level is high. Yeah. Uh, yeah the challenges is that, uh, uh, that's what I, you said, what do you want to tell to people? That's what I want to tell them. It's not easy to live such life without sacrificing other aspects of life, you know, like family, for example, or a fixed career, or, you know, like, a, 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 like a, a, a CV with, no, you will have to, dist and you know, a lot of those ideas were imposed on us by the corporate world and the capitalist lifestyle. You have to finish college and yeah. have a job and that job has, you have to be promoted. You have to do X number of years doing this uh, uh, job and then you have to move to a level that is administrative and then you become in management and then you become, then otherwise you are not worth it. Sorry, your LinkedIn, your LinkedIn uh, profile is not, uh, is not worth looking at. And you have to understand, do you want to be one of those people that are sought after by corporates? But actually you are also, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad, but you're giving up that. Yeah, and I, I think in the end, it's all about you do what feels true to yourself. And I think that many of us do kind of take that path and then come back and say, hey, hold on a minute. I don't really care about being that head or tail of something. You know, I much rather care about being the most authentic expression of my own self. But you know, Talal, you have done this at a time where I'm imagining um, the social media scene had not yet exploded, right? Oh. So, because I know that you don't go from, I don't know, like, I don't have that many followers. I don't aspire for that. But I know that if I tomorrow wanted to have followers, getting to 70,000 or whatever, it's like insane. That's a big number. So, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, how... I mean, I'm kind of trying to wonder, did you just start putting up content there and just believing your voice and what you had to say to the world? Well, first of all, yes, I, my life and giving up my career or quitting my job in Kuwait and traveling and going to Canada and then doing the hotel school and working in hotels, that all happened before social media become right. this. When I was in Dubai, when I moved to Dubai in 2013, this is when I started working in a restaurant in Dubai and I was showing my followers who were only my friends and family and I had a private account on Instagram cute. what was happening in the restaurant and then when I, whenever I dined outside uh, outside the restaurant when I went to meet people or friends or this, I, I was showing them also that restaurant in Dubai and this is when, when my friend in Kuwait said make your account public just open your account. I'm like, why? I didn't know. Because in Kuwait, it was already uh, that the scene was moving from blogging to social media and already the influencers were getting paid. <clears throat> so it was becoming commercialized in Kuwait. <clears throat> I 
And I didn't know that because I wasn't living in Kuwait since 2009. I was in Canada, as I said, then Switzerland to do the school, then immediately moved to Dubai to start my career after my internship in Turkey and my job in Saudi, which I didn't continue because I wanted to be in Dubai. And I said, okay, I'll just make it public. And it was the beginning. It was the start. It wasn't that crazy back then. So it was easier to get those followers. Now, the advantage of my followers that they are the elite, the intellectual elite. That's why I'm happy with social media. And that's why even though the number is relatively low comparing with other influencers, like I don't have half a million followers, but I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I'm happy. I'm happy because I never wanted to become a, a celebrity or a famous person. Otherwise, I would have gone and studied media or, uh, you know, something else. But this is fine to have 70,000 followers, 100,000 followers. I'll be, I'll be happy if I have more. But as long as they're at the same level, the same profile, I'm, I, I don't mind. I think and it's important what you're saying here, if I can just re-articulate what you've just said. Um, you know, I, I write as well, right? So I've had stories published and stuff. But uh, I remember that when publishers used to come to me and say, say, write this kind of a story. And I said, no, I'm going to write for that one person who has this sort of a life and would want to read this sort of a story. So I think what's very interesting I find about your account is that whenever I have logged in to kind of see what you have been up to, there is such an authentic voice behind it. Else I would be doing this interview with someone else because I genuinely feel that what you put out there is your genuine unbiased unbought uncommercialized opinion and i think that there's there's, there's a lot of pride you should take about that because that is a very rare virtue again that's another thing where pressure is a key factor if you allow yourself to be pressured by the scene and the the, the uh, companies that approach you and the rest of the social media influencers and by the number of likes and the number of views and the number of influencers and getting the verification yeah. and, and having viral videos. If you allow yourself to be pressured by all this, you end up not being authentic. And I feel it in some people, you know, I can, if you want to move the conversation to social media, we can, we, we will talk uh -huh. forever. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, this is so much about I really feel it in some people. And for me, again, because just as I haven't allowed myself to be pressured by the society, what this is, and the society, what the society is expecting from me to have a career and become a manager somewhere and get married and have kids and have a, a monthly salary and then invest in something and then wear the tie and suit. I did this. I did this for a few years or wear the kutra and uh, the dishdasha and have the the car, uh, the German car, and drive around. Was you an ad as well for surf? And was it BMW? You were in an ad. I know that. <laughs> I was. I was in an ad. I love cars. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I did an ad for uh, Lincoln. Yeah. Now I remember. Yeah. Infinity. I did something for Infinity. But uh, I just as I haven't allowed those things to pressure me and uh, be scared and want to be one of you know th those profiles same thing on social media i haven't allowed 
um, the other influencers with higher number of followers, higher views, higher likes. And then those companies that would come and say, we're going to pay you to do advertisement for that product that I don't believe in. Um, I have same thing. I have not allowed myself to be influenced by that. I love that. I it think is, that's yeah. Absolutely. And it paid off. It did off. I have to say it paid off. Why? Because people respect me. They're like, absolutely. you know, as you just said, oh, you're authentic. We don't feel that you're getting paid for what you do, even though I get paid sometimes, but for products or destinations that I believe in, there is nothing wrong with that. It's like a magazine. You know? Absolutely. There is content that you create and there is content that is advertised, that's sponsored, you know, yeah. so that. But I make sure whatever I advertise for is also beneficial for my yeah. followers or my viewers. You know, I, I think you said it. I mean, being authentic, and people always know. People always know. Yeah. Especially now, they are wired to know. You know. Yeah, yeah. You are hosting a dinner, right? Uh, for three people, they could yeah. be dead or alive. It really depends on your uh, imagination, and. So tell me, tell us, um, who are the three uh, dinner hosts and what are you putting on the menu? Oh, wow. I know for sure one of them is Sandra Balak. Oh. I love Sandra Balak and I want to meet her. So I don't know whether in this dinner or some other occasion, <laughs> but Sandra Balak is definitely one of them. And I'd like to sit with Queen Elizabeth. I think she's awesome. Yeah, she would be very interesting. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know how much she will reveal. <laughs> I'm sure she's going to be reserved and not talk much or not talk at all. I don't know, but I'll try. I'll try because it's very interesting to hear what she thinks about many things, you know. And she's yeah. experienced. She's been. She's 91 this year, I think. Wow. So she's seen a lot, and and again, I'm not expecting a British monarch to be very transparent and authentic <laughs> you know but i'm sure she is strong enough and to to be herself you know because yeah. I, I i've been watching the crown and it doesn't mean it's reflecting the truth 100 percent about them or about the family but i know also what's happening what's been happening in the reality and I'm, I'm i'm impressed by her ability to survive like that she's very responsible she I is think. so resilient this woman right yeah of her health like that and people say it's about money. I don't think it's about money. There are many rich. Her sister is, for, is an example. She's rich and from the same family. She never cared that yeah. much about, you yeah. know, her health or about herself yeah. that much. And I like. And then the third person it has to be a man, so that they don't say that I'm sexist. <laughs> uh, you can be. I mean, I I can be seen as a feminist, so it's okay. I won't judge you. No, it's fine. There are interesting men in history. A lot. Um, it's so contentious, you know, if I say that person name, because people will think that I care or that I support his ideology. Are you going to say Hitler? No, okay. no. Hitler. I don't want to have headache, you know. He shouts a lot. I shout. Like he's, <laughs> um, Just go for it, Tala. No, Snay, don't put me in trouble, no. Let me think of someone else. <laughs> Ooh, who can it be? It's a political figure. Okay. And you know what? I'm going to say it. <clears throat> okay. Okay. 
No. <laughs> I should be careful. No, no. No, it's Mustafa. Mustafa Kamal Atatürk. I would like to. And his birthday was yesterday or two days ago. And it's not, again, it's not about me supporting his ideology or I'm supporting secularism. But he, in a very, very, very dangerous times, has managed to create this country, this huge country, Turkey. And I lived in Turkey and I speak Turkish and that's why I relate to what happened after the first war, second world war and how the, 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 the Turkey has shifted from the capital of the Ottoman Empire to the Republic of Turkey. And whether he conspired against the Ottoman Empire, as some people say, or he was saving that land from colonialism, he's done very, very difficult job, you know. And I'm sure he's done so many mistakes as well, just like any leader. Absolutely. But when I see now Turkey, it's, I'm like, how did this happen? It's very interesting, you know. What are you feeding them, Tala? Okay. Beef Wellington because of Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> no, it's my favorite dish. It's my favorite dish. It's one of my favorite dish, okay. dishes. Beef Wellington, but it's going to be a mix. What I would put on the table is something that would, uh, you know, they are from three different continents almost, you know, or backgrounds, so English, American, and, yes. and, and Turkish. Uh, but uh, those, you know, cuisines are interesting. Uh, Let's say I would put some um, beef Wellington for sure, and then I will have a soup. I love soups. Okay. But let's say a Porsche soup from Russia because the three of them will not like it because it's from Russia. But I want to tell them that the world is one, <laughs> and also I love Porsche uh, soup. You do uh, have an agenda to this dinner. Politics. Yeah, I will show them that we have to be one. We have to be yeah. one. <laughs> I will definitely have some dishes from Asia because I think my favorite cuisine is Asian cuisine. I love from India, like Pakistan, India, all the way to Japan and uh, Vietnam and that side. Because it's all about stir fries and curries yeah. and different spices. Yeah. It's, it's, it's chemistry. It's not cooking. It's really about having a brain and having a very strong sense of taste. And people think that it's random. They put this on this and that. No, it, it takes a genius to cook good Indian, oh, yeah, South, South Indian. My goodness, I love South Indian food. Uh-huh. And then all the rest of the cuisines from you know Bangladesh, the Bengal region, because I experienced them all. And then you've got all that Thai and Vietnamese and, and Myanmarese food. In, in Dubai, they have great restaurants from all these oh, regions. Man. And then all the way to Japan and, yeah. and China. And th- 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 that food to me is unbelievable. Korea, how they preserve food. They're the side dishes. That it's, it's, yeah. it's science. It's not just cooking. It's science. I like European food, African food as well. But to me, Asian food, after Persia, starting with India all the way, because of the curries and yeah. the stir fries, it's not a, a simple cuisine. And we are, as the Gulf people, we've been, we, we were privileged to have our cuisine influenced by India because to know how to use those spices is not easy. I think if I give those spices to a European or American and tell them cook with them, they're going to 
big, make a big mess, you know, unless they go online and because it's not easy. What? Why? Why do I need all this? I know. I their simple cuisine though. I like the cuisines of Europe. I love it as well. But yeah. I love all cuisines. Yeah. But my favorite is Asian cuisine. The, the noodle soups and the ramens and the pho soup from some Vietnamese, from Vietnamese cuisine. I love it. Yes. Amazing. So you have the soup, you have beef Wellington, and what's the dessert? Or are you not feeding them any, anything sweet? Yes. I'm going to choose Indian dish because my favorite dessert, one of my favorite desserts is uh, Ras Malai. And oh, I think it's yeah. very hard. It's very hard to make it. Yeah. It's very hard to find a good Ras Malai. And then oh why God. I like Ras Malai? Yeah. Because it's not only the taste, it's the sensation. It's like you're eating a cotton pad, yeah. you know. It's like a, it's spongy, yet it's creamy. Yes. Yeah, spongy and creamy. Who would have known that we would be talking about spongy and creamy stuff on Freebird? <laughs> so listen, Talal, I mean, from the, from the very first day, most of the people watching won't know, but we actually met by sheer serendipity. Uh, I was, we were at the Vienna airport, I think it was, and I just finished a meeting and I was flying back to Dubai. You were flying back to Dubai as well. And you just walked over and you said, those are some really cool boots. And I'm like, huh? Who? What? I mean, the one thing that is so refreshing about you, Talal, is that you are such an original. And my heart goes out to the originals like you because I think that's what makes this world a better place. So I thank you for being on Freebird. I'm sure everyone who watches this will know that an authentic voice does have an audience and that you can do it if you just try and have the courage. So thanks buddy for joining in today. Yeah, I enjoyed that so much. What a beautiful morning because of you. Thank you. Thank you buddy.